0: Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range podcast studio getting ready to record episode number 114. We're going to talk about creating the prima donna player and what we can or cannot do to avoid creating problems that we're going to have to deal with later on. Before we do that, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus nine rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats, use the EFP20 discount, which is for Everything Fast Pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support Everything Fast Pitch at the same time. Please take advantage of that EFP20 discount. It's a great way for you to help Everything Fast Pitch and coach prep and save yourself a bunch of money on a really good bat at the same time. Also, if you're in a position to help us, become a patron. Patreon.com slash Everything Fast Pitch. It's a way for you to support us financially. We're very fortunate. We've got a great group of patrons that have been supporting us for a while. They are the reason that this podcast continues to go on now. Um, But if you're in a position, if you see value uh, in what we're doing that you'd like to contribute, uh, become a patron. There's three different levels of support and it's all explained to you at patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. So, Don, what's the definition of a prima donna?
1: A prima donna, I think uh, for us in the, fast pitch world it's somebody that's put on a pedestal and um made to be seen as a, a different level or a different uh need or or importance than the rest of the group right and i think unfortunately there's a certain amount
0: of that that happens in every team setting there's just no nice way to say it every team has a best player sure every player every team has a weakest player And then they have a whole bunch of kids that are somewhere on the spectrum between the very best player and the very weakest player on every single team. And that's true of every sport, every um, situation, whether, you know, if you're talking in the NFL, an NFL team has its very best player, its most important player, and it has the role players that just kind of fill out the roster. And and, and the same is certainly true of the game of, of softball. The thing that I wanted us to talk about today was, Things that we can do as coaches to see this potential problem brewing and thinking of ways to manage it, to handle it, to do a better job from the coaching perspective of keeping this from becoming something that's a constant, colossal pain in the butt for us to deal with as, as the season unfolds. And so to me, um, I also think, though, that it's very unrealistic for me as a coach to say, well, I treat everybody exactly the same. Though we try to. But the reality of it is, I think, exactly the same or appropriate for each player are two different discussions. And I think that's part of what creates some of these feelings of somebody's being treated specially, somebody's being um, set aside, somebody's being treated like there's something more than anybody else, is if we start off thinking we're going to treat everybody exactly the same and then we don't do it. It's it, a lot of fun if you're the one, isn't it? Well, it could be. But I think that there's some backstory I think that we have to you know, kind of d- dive into a little bit to make sure that we, we, we see this for what it really means. Now, to me, when I think of prima donna, you know, the, the definition thing, I think of the player who acts like she's something special, who carries herself like she knows she's something special and has been enabled or allowed to feel that way because of the way that people around her act and the way people around her treat her. You know whether that's something that is inherently built into some players and some personalities or not. You know, Somebody a whole lot smarter than me is going to have to be the one that, that understands all that. But I do think there's things for us as coaches that we can do to mitigate that and, and be, mindful to, in to watching. be mindful of it. The other thing is I've always tried to have more of a, I'm not going to treat everybody exactly the same, but I'm going to try to find the right way to treat everybody involved that's still fair and equitable. For example, when uh, I was coaching at Tennessee Tech, at the end of every game and every practice, every player on our team had certain jobs, responsibilities that they had to take care of. Now, there was a pecking order that there were certain jobs that were easier or less time-consuming than others, and so upperclassmen would kind of work their way up. So when you're a freshman and you came in, you might be the person responsible for seeing that the laundry gets done every day. Well, that's a colossal pain because it means you got to wait till the last person leaves the locker room and sometime between the end of the start of practice or the next game, the next day, you have to come back and take the laundry out of the washer, put it in the dryer, yep. and then probably take it out of the dryer and put Organize it wherever it, it. belongs, yep. right? So that might have been the worst of the worst jobs. And that was usually spread out among amongst, you know, a handful of the newcomers, you know, a handful of the freshmen. It was never like one person's sole job because it was the one that nobody really wanted to have so we had to kind of spread it out a little bit and then there might be something like uh, you know much less time consuming much less difficult that the seniors got to do but now everybody had a job because I still felt it was important that everybody felt like they were contributing every day so whether it was raking the you know the field you know rooming in the lip sweeping out the dugouts you know taking the trash to the dumpster whatever it was there was a list of jobs that happened every day. So we tried to you know, have that kind of universal feeling of everybody was contributing, but every job wasn't the same. And I think that still kind of applies to how we treat our players, that everybody's got a role, but not all roles are going to be exactly the same. And because all the roles are not exactly the same, I don't think we treat every player exactly the same. And so I think that's part of the message today is that you could, I guess, for lack of a better way of saying it, treat one player differently than another, but still not be contributing to this idea of, uh, the prima donna, the, you know, I'm so important that I can get away with whatever I want to get away with kind of attitude that I think some of us uh, assume is what we're trying to get away from.
1: So what I'm seeing is, uh, a, a group just finishing a game and, and the same players always grabbing all the gear, the same players grabbing all that other stuff. Well, the starting pitcher gets to sip on her, um uh, Refreshment and walk over to the next field while everybody else is dragging all the all the goods with them.
0: Right. Or the um, another example: the same three kids that you know, are the last ones out of the dugout every time to make sure that all the trash got picked up. Yeah. Whereas one person thinks it's okay for her to leave her trash behind because she knows somebody else is going to pick it up. Right. You know, and and so those those kinds <laughs> to be of things. Seeing this
1: stuff as a coach.
0: Right. And so I think from a coaching perspective, we have to be aware of these things, kind of be thinking about it. And planting the right seeds. So, you know, I think if if one of our challenges is that we believe we should always leave the dugout cleaner than we found it. And I notice the first time one of my players walks away, leaving her trash behind, I have to call her on it. Say, hey, you know, hey Sally, you know, grab your trash before you leave. You know, you know, you know, you got to you know clean up your mess before you leave. That kind of thing. And just to make sure that we're doing the the simple things we can to make sure that they're all doing what they're supposed to do. And I think if we start off with that as kind of a, a guidepost, that, that gets us off on the right track.
1: What about expecting our kids and not their parents to carry the bags? I often see dad carrying a couple of bags and the kids are just you know, prancing around, as yeah, well. staring
0: at their phones. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. of
1: course. You, you, you yeah, head down on the head down sidewalk. on the phone
0: while while da- dad's carrying their bag. Uh-huh. Um, th- th- those kinds of things too, I think Could it's all team. part of a Could uh, be a team deal, or right? Concept. Well, and, and again, from a from a coaching perspective, is it okay for you to say, "Hey, everybody carries their own stuff"? Of Period. course, it is. Yeah. No, no discussions. You your right-handed
1: pitcher carried on your left shoulder.
0: Yeah, we 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 walk in together, we walk out together, and everybody's you know everybody looks the same. You know, I mean, you know. Uh, in the team setting, we do a lot of these things already, I mean, we give them a uniform for a reason. Now, if we have a uniform and, and somebody shows up um, wearing a different jersey, that stands out like a sore thumb. We wouldn't allow that to happen, just like we shouldn't let one person always leave their trash in the dugout, or we shouldn't let one person make her boyfriend or her dad carry her bag for her.
1: How, how big a red flag is that if I'm looking to pick up a, a new player or somebody, if, if I'm seeing that as part of the deal right that's coming my way? yeah But now the flip side of this, and
0: this is where I think we sometimes get in, into a touchy situation, is I think coaches need to be aware of what's going on with their players. You need to know what's going on conscious um, of yeah, it. In, in their lives. Because not every kid is in the same position, so that's why I think it's always a dangerous statement to say I'm going to treat everybody on this team exactly alike. When um, we know that you know a, a player might be experiencing like their parents are getting a divorce, or sure. um, somebody's sick, you know mom or dad is you know uh, fighting cancer, or uh, grandma or grandpa is doing really badly, their health is really struggling. You know those kinds of things, those real world things that happen, are things that we have to be aware of sometimes we have to be able to cut a player a little bit of slack you know there's got to be for times sure. where we have to be aware enough of what's going on that where i might normally you know really crack the whip about something yeah i might you know have a little bit of uh grace a little bit of forgiveness um you know for certain things at certain times but again it's always a, a balancing act of what's the right thing what's the uh, right amount and i know to me, it's funny. I I never really thought of myself as somebody who favored players. I never thought of myself as having favorites. And then I started to really think about it. And I honestly do have to admit, I do think I have favorites. I think I've had had favorites on every team. Sure. But the kids that I favored were the kids that I thought were doing the things that were best for the team. They often earned it. Right. So it was, you know, the hardest working kid, I would praise more. The most dedicated kid, I would praise more. The... Uh, person who was most willing to sacrifice for somebody else, I would praise more. And, you know, certain people would always say, well, you know, so-and-so is your favorite. I say, well, yeah, she is kind of my favorite. Now I would look back and say, yeah, she is my favorite because she works the hardest. She's the best. She earned it. You know, she's the hardest worker. She's the most dedicated. She's the most caring. She's the best teammate. She's the nicest person. She's the most giving, whatever it is. That's why I like her better. You know, and, and so do that stuff. And yeah. So yeah, maybe you'll so be in that club. If, if you yeah. want to be favored, do the things that, 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 I, that I appreciate more. But so I think that uh, was something that took me a long time to learn as a coach that the idea of treating everybody exactly the same was a trap for me. Equally and fairly, I think, is where we have to kind of draw the line. I think we have to be fair with everyone, we have to be fair in how we handle situations. I can't let one kid. Miss practice for no good reason and have no consequences, and have another player miss a practice for no good reason, and then that person has to, you know, three three game suspension or whatever. Like, you know, I mean, we have to make sure that there's some things that are consistent enough that the players can trust what we're saying and trust what we're doing. But we also have to have enough uh, compassion and and knowledge about what's going on to say, okay, nobody else knows, but Don didn't come to practice because. You know, his, right. his, his grandmother, you know, is is Head doing really and, badly and, and yeah. he doesn't want anybody to know, but he wanted to go visit his grandmother because this might be the last chance he had to see her. So we're not going to penalize that player. Right. Yeah. And and if you, as the example, didn't want your teammates to know what was going on, I would respect that and say, okay, you know, Don had a legitimate reason not to be here and I'm handling it and that's all you need to know. Well, if somebody like, well, you know, Don gets to skip practice and he doesn't have to sit out, but I I skipped practice and I didn't get to play for a whole weekend, then that's where the right. the balancing act comes in. So for us as coaches, we have to establish some credibility. So when we're having our team meeting and we're talking about how we're going to handle things, I think you know it's way smarter to say, "I'm going to handle every situation the way I see fit. I'm going to handle every situation fairly. I'm going to make all my decisions with fairness in mind." But fair and equal are not going to be the same. So you know, if uh, you know two people do the exact same thing, two people might not have the exact same consequences just
1: because. I'm not saying equal, I'm saying fair. We're evaluating it. Yeah. No, and that's where that blind faith in our leadership of our coaching staff you know, has to come into play. Right. We've got to trust that and believe in that until we, you know, and hopefully that is consistent. Yeah.
0: And I think ultimately what ends up happening to kind of get back to our, how do we avoid creating a prima donna? If we start off with those fundamental beliefs and the kids know that we're going to stick to them, if we reward the things that we think are important for team success, if we recognize the things that we want to see, if we favor the things that we want to see, then players figure out very quickly, well, okay, me being the uh, lazy kid who leaves all her trash behind, me being the kid who doesn't carry her own bag, me being the kid that you know, whines about uh, you know, how things get done, me being that person doesn't earn me any favor. The the logical person would probably look at that and say, "Okay, if I want to be treated the same way Don is, I'm going to start doing some of the same stuff Don's doing." Sure. But I think you know, for us as coaches, we just have to make sure that we're setting our examples, setting our our standards in a in a way that we can support and that uh, we're going to be happy to take out in the world and have people see.
1: Take a minute, take care of this stuff because the repercussions as a coach down the road is not going to be good. Yeah,
0: no, there, there there's no happy ending to it if you let it get out of control at the beginning. Right. All right, so Don, that's going to wrap up number 114. Hopefully everybody enjoyed that discussion. If you have ideas or suggestions, please make sure you reach out to us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. Coach Don and I love talking about stuff that you're interested in. Please make sure you check out Anderson Bat. Take advantage of that EFP20 discount, patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. And as always, go to the fastpitchprep.com website to order your Square Cuts training discs. Check out the blogs, over 700 of them now the YouTube channel, and a ton of other great information that that we would love for you to have access to. So for Coach Don McKinley, our producer Stan Lewis, this is Coach Torrey saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.